right. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad God came and got me. It changed my life. And uh, 19 years ago, but it feels like yesterday. And uh, I don't know how anybody could ever get over something as great as uh, salvation. Uh, I've not gotten over it. I, I, I slip and fall a little bit and mess around and, and do things I shouldn't do sometimes and, uh, and lose track. But thank God. And I, I love Brother Weedo, one of the greatest friends ever, God's ever given me. Uh, we're knit together and uh, he's, a, he's just a wonderful man. And I'm thankful for Jake, 16 years old, knocking on my door and coming in and coming by. And he, and he was nervous and intimidated. And, uh, you know, as good looking as I am, I intimidate people. But <laughs> no, I, I, he just he was nervous and he went home, told his daddy. He said, Dad, I think this guy come. And uh, he said he's olive complective, looked like he was in the mafia and stuff like that. I remember the stories and, and they kept coming back and I thank God for that. Amen. Now, I wasn't looking for them. Uh, they, when they came back the last time, I, got, I didn't realize it was them and I opened up. And, um, and I thought maybe it was somebody and I was a bartender at Applebee's. El Dorado's got 18,000 people and Applebee's is <laughs> the greatest thing in El Dorado actually. And, uh, <laughs> And I was the man there, and, uh, and everybody come to my house, they came for certain things. I was 31, and uh, I, thank, I thank the Lord that night I opened up. You know, imagine missing that, that visit. I'm glad he came and he got me. He changed my life, and so it's a blessing. Uh, never been the same since. I'm, I'm thankful for my family. They're watching. Got a text message a while ago, I, because I tell my wife to pray, and my little KK, my middle child, uh, 13 years old, she said, don't be scared, Daddy. You can do this. <laughs> and that's all I needed. You know, it's a blessing. And so I'm thankful for what God's done. I'm thankful for this place. See, I came in 2009, and uh, right before we started the Liberty Baptist Church, and uh, never seen nothing like it. And uh, I think uh, uh, one of the gentlemen said, you know, back in the old days, you'd get like 3,000. I think I got about 3,000 that day, and I got... Several, I got I think I think got twelve hundred dollars a month in support, and uh, and that was big time, and and that's big time right now anyway. I mean, you get that much, that's amazing, that's a miracle. Uh, but boy, I tell you, this week has been unreal, uh, and it's just amazing. I thank God for all you men and uh, ladies and, and families and churches that have supported us through the years. Uh, we definitely appreciate that, and. Uh, and uh, we, we still want you to keep supporting us through the years. Uh, but we're thankful for that. We went to uh, 2009, started Liberty Baptist Church. And a year after that, we started teaching Faith Promise Missions. Uh, I started giving to missions in 2003. Uh, Brother Weedo uh, taught me that. And we had missionaries in. And I surrendered to every place you could go. Uh, and, and I thought those were, those were callings. But they weren't. And uh we started giving, and when I got to Bible college, first uh, chapel we had, a man named Charlie Clark was there preaching, and as in the Northeast, and uh, he said, there's no churches between uh, Washington, D.C. and Boston. There's a 400-mile radius in the Northeast, and there's nobody doing anything, and, and, and relatively speaking, compared to the population, there's not, and uh, I knew God was calling me that day, and I got down on my knees and, and, and had what we call in Arkansas an old-fashioned snot slinger. And God got a hold of me. I didn't want to stay in, I didn't want to come to Philadelphia. I wanted to stay in Arkansas and drink sweet tea and shoot deer off my steps the rest of my life. Uh, but God had a different plan. 
and I surrendered my life and told my wife later that day, and she was uh, the, the secretary of the president of the college, and, and I said, honey, I surrendered to go to the Northeast. And she goes, Burton, I'd have stayed with you in the South, but my heart was up there, and she's a Jersey girl. And uh, we went there and started the church and started teaching on missions. And I'm thankful we can come here and give away uh, a, a, a lot of money from our missions department. A lot of people have told me through the years, you're giving a lot to missions. And, you know, they ought to take better care of you and you ought to maybe use some of that money. And I thought, well, that, you, can, you can show me that one in here. I'd be glad to do it. Uh, but I tell you what, if you want a blessing and you want God to bless your ministry, give it all away. Uh, and uh, the Lord blesses us. I'm, I'm right there in the inner city, and uh, our folks have committed over 2,000 a week to missions, and, and then they're giving it. Our, sometimes our missions is more than our tithe. Uh, you say, well, they're out, they're giving, no, no, they just commit more than they make, more than the 10% they make each week. And so I'm glad we can come and be a part of that, and I want to do it the rest of my life, be here and give, and uh, I'm thankful that we could have a part in that, and, and what a blessing, and thank you guys for the influence you've had in my life. I, I, do, uh, I do appreciate it. Never seen anything like it when we came, and it's amazing, and it's a blessing, and it's encouraged me, and it's challenged me to, to want to preach the Word of God and to be a better preacher, and uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful encouragement. Uh, Philly's doing good. Liberty's doing great. Pray for us. February 20th, we will officially start the Bible Baptist Church one and a half miles away from Liberty. We've been working on that building for a few years now. It uh, didn't go as fast as I thought. I promise you this, I will never buy another building that's not a church uh, ever again. And, uh, but it's, it's going, God provided over the last three years, uh, probably $250,000. And that building is 100% finished, immaculate, beautiful. There's a house next to it. And we will start on February 20th at 9 a.m. I'll preach that service and then I'll head to Liberty and we'll have a Sunday school after that. And then I'll preach on Wednesday nights at the new one and Thursday nights at Liberty. And so if you'll pray for us, pray that God would uh, bless it. And we want to see a mighty work happen. I'm glad I came here this week because I really needed this shot in the arm, which I did not really know I needed. Uh, but it, it's got me focusing more on souls and so I'm thankful for that. And so I'm really thankful for all of you. And uh, that's probably about the, uh, the most rehearsed thing I'll ever say is everything I just said right there. I did my best to write some stuff down. And so let's take our Bibles tonight. Let's look at Acts chapter number one. Acts chapter number one. If you can stand for the reading of the word of God, I ask you to do that. We are knocking doors February 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. We're going to hit 25,000 doors, knock them and talk to them. Doors are five feet apart. We're asking anybody that wants to come on those dates to come knock doors. We'd love to have you come. You can sleep on the floor at the church. You will do whatever we can do to help you with that. And we'll feed you Puerto Rican food. You'll be nice and fat and feel real good about it. Uh, and so if you want to come help us knock those doors, uh, that would be a blessing. We want to, we want to come, uh, come out the gate. We don't want to knock two weeks before because I... Uh, you know, I don't remember what happened to me two weeks ago, so we're going to knock just right up to the date. People have been seeing that building get built. It's the best, best looking building on the block uh, because God's like that, and, 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 and it's wonderful, and, and so I'm thankful for the miracle. So if you'll please just pray for us, we would really appreciate that, and if you want to come, we'd love for you to come, and so please be a part of that. Acts chapter number one and verse number one, the Bible says, the former treatise... Have I made, O Theophilus, 
of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs seeing of being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Let's pray and ask God to bless, and I appreciate your prayers. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for the, the great, great place that we're at tonight. Thank you for this great conference. Thank you for the preaching that's already been done. Thank you, Lord, for the miracles that you are doing, not just here, but you are at work everywhere. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you're in control. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to do great and mighty things if we do not have unbelief. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing so long. The book of Acts was written by Luke. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, I feel like I have to kind of give an introduction to that, because, uh, but, but I, I tell you this. Uh, you say, are you nervous? Well, I am, because I'm preaching after uh, Brother Sam Davison, and then I'm sandwiched in between Brother Jason Gaddis, and I brought brown beans and cornbread to eat, amen, and just bottom shelf stuff. But I tell you this, the Bible's so wonderful, and, and the book is so transforming that we don't, we don't have to pull rabbits out of the hat. We don't have to uh, try to uh, enamor people with outlines. We don't have to try to do any of that because God's word is wonderful. And if we get to the book of Acts, we, we know that Jesus Christ has already died and, and he's, he's been teaching his apostles and, and he's been talking to them and, and doing some things. But I like in verse number one, it says, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. We know that, 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 that uh, Luke has written this and he also wrote the, book of, wrote the book of Luke. And he wrote it to a man named Theophilus. And I know there's a lot of speculation on who he is. I have no idea who he is. But I know that Luke was writing it to him. And I know in Luke, uh, the book of Luke, he wrote it to tell him about all the things that Jesus did when he was on this earth. And it's incredible what God did when he was on this earth. And when we come to the book of Acts, he's telling us everything that happened after Jesus was on this earth. And then that's an incredible book, and it's wonderful. And, and when we look at it, it's my favorite book in the Bible to read. Uh, my favorite book in the Bible is Nehemiah, but if I could only have one book, if I could only have one, It'd be the book of Acts. I could reread it and reread it and reread it because the power of God has showed up in the book of Acts. I know that we give the apostles a lot of credit. And I, and I know the theme of this conference has been God can do it and we can't. And it's the same with the apostles. And as we come to the book of Acts, God is, is going to teach these men some things and they're going to learn some things and miracles are going to transpire. So take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter number 9. 
in verse number 31. So we start off in the book of Acts and, and Jesus has been teaching them for 40 days upon this earth and he's getting them ready to start a church planting ministry everywhere and, and lives are going to be transformed because of who God is and because of the Holy Ghost of God and because of the Word of God. That's the reason lives get transformed. I love this place. It looks beautiful. I haven't seen it since it was remodeled. But I'm going to tell you this, that this isn't what's going to transform lives. I'm thankful for all the money that's been raised. We need money. But I'm going to tell you this. That money ain't going to take you into Philadelphia and see people start getting saved and lives being changed. And if we're not careful, we'll think, I really need this when what we really need is this. And that has been what has been said. Uh, many preachers have said it already. And I thought, man, what, what a great theme. And, 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 and so when we look at the book of Acts in chapter number 9, I don't know how long later it is. I could have studied that out for you and tried to tell you, but I'm not, I have no idea. But I do know in Acts chapter number 9, verse number 31, it says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. The church is. Between Acts chapter number 1, Acts chapter number 9, I don't know how many people were saved, but I know thousands upon thousands have been saved. And, and it was because of church planting. It was because of what God could do. And then it says, and the rest says, and they were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. I mean, that's incredible. Just nine chapters and nine wonderful chapters. Many of us know these chapters well, and we read through them, and, and it's awesome, the display and, and the persecution that happened to the apostles, and they're being, they're being beaten in chapter number four, and when they're done getting beaten, they're rejoicing that they were beat. Of course, today, if a bill comes a little bit too big, and the, the light bill is $500, and we're used to $200, we're just under duress. Like, what in the world? What are we going to do? But the apostles, no, they, they weren't like that. They were ready. They could be beaten. They could be uh, told not to speak in the name, and they were. Uh, uh, these apostles are walking past people that are lame, and God is healing them. I mean, so many things are happening. Some of them are dying. I mean, so many things are happening. And then we get to Acts chapter number 9, verse number 31, we see a miracle's transpired. What happened? I mean, how did that happen? Well, I can tell you this. It wasn't because of a church plant conference. I love it. I'm not talking bad about this. You know, we're, we're trying to start many more churches. We'll be back asking for you to help us again. But I'm going to tell you this. The miracle wasn't in the money. The miracle wasn't in uh, the fellowship of the brethren, although those are great things, and I need fellowship of brethren. 
You see, God's not an old man with a beard, leaning over with a backache, with a walker, and, and, and try, with a headache, and trying to figure anything out. No, he's God Almighty, and he's on our side. God wants the world to be saved, or we wouldn't be here. He's got a plan to do something great. And those churches were being edified. And listen to me. We sit here tonight because of what happened. It's incredible what happened. And, and, and God did something. And, and, and he, he, he's a wonderful, wonderful Savior. And there's just, it's what happened exactly, Brother Gates? Well, I want you to take your Bible and I want you to turn to John chapter number 21 very quickly. So we talked about him writing Luke and the, what happened with Jesus Christ upon this earth. And boy, we go back to that and that's awesome. Somebody gets saved in my church and says, what should you read? What should I read, Pastor? Man, read the Gospels. Just read about Jesus. Well, should I start studying? No, no, just read about Jesus. And when you get to the end of that, if you want to, go back and read it again. And then read it again and read it again. And, and listen, you're going to understand that. If you don't understand it, call me, I'll tell you what, what, what I think it means, or I'll get someone to tell us what it means, because I may not know either. And, and, and so when we come to act, uh, John chapter number 21, Jesus Christ has been uh, already been crucified. He's already showed himself to them, but, and, and you can think what you want about John chapter number 21. I, 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 there's, there's plenty of, of commentaries that confuse you enough. But the Bible says in verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise, he showed himself. And there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I go a fishing. Now, I don't know what you think that means. Like I said, you can get mixed up messing with that stuff, those other books. What do you think it means, Brother Burton? I think he went fishing. That's good, isn't it? I do have a Bible college degree, so, you know. <laughs> or they gave me a piece of paper. I'm not sure how much it's worth anymore. <laughs> they went fishing, but I, I, think he was, I think they were discouraged a little bit. And they're kind of reverting back to what they were doing before Jesus came and got them. What do you mean they were discouraged? Yeah. Or are these the same guys that are going to turn the world upside down? It is. You mean we can get discouraged and turn the world upside down? I think we can. I like what Brother Wass said. He said, um, you know, people a lot of times, and I don't know what you think about me, and it's okay if you like me or don't like me, but a lot of people say, Brother Burton, you're doing such a great job in Philadelphia, and I, and I know better than that. I have no problem. It's not, not me trying to show false humility. No, no, I absolutely know better than that. And they'll say, boy, all this stuff has happened, Brother Burton, these buildings and the other building. And, and man, I think they really think I must be this great man of faith, Brother Davison. But they don't, they don't see the late nights at three in the morning when, when I'm thinking about calling you guys and saying, you know, God's leading me another way. Because I'm getting under pressure and I'm starting to think, man, I don't know if we can do it. You know, three, four years ago, I'm like, we're going to get this money. God's going to give us these buildings. We're going to do, we're going to start a church. And, and then I went home and thought, 
Hmm. But God, thank God in the middle of the night when I'm ready to give up, the sun comes up. And God always says, no, no, we're not giving up and I'm back. And I wish I could just not go through that. And then we get three years later and man, those buildings are beautiful. Sound systems in the mail and pews are there and a man built me a beautiful pulpit and, and we've got a plan together. But boy, it was, it was a lot of discouragement in the middle of it. And then, you know what? I don't really, I can't really tell nobody. I tell him, Brother Paul, if you don't know Brother Paul, he's, he's the real, he's the real Liberty Baptist Church, man. He's my assistant pastor, but he, he discipled me when I got saved in El Dorado, Arkansas. He was a youth pastor, 22 years old. And, uh, but Paul, I tell him sometimes when I'm faltering, I'll say, Brother Paul, you got to pray, man. I'm not doing well. Not too often because I think, man, I can't depress him too. <laughs> but I do depress my wife. <laughs> she doesn't matter. She'll be able to take it. Honey, it's over. We're not going to make it. She's like, Burton, stop it. <laughs> Some of that stuff, you don't see that stuff. But you know what? It's that stuff that, that keeps us humble and makes me say, you know what? Because when the morning comes, Brother Davidson, I'm like, you know, God said he'd do it. I didn't come up with this idea. I never said I want to go pastor a church anywhere. I definitely didn't say I wanted to go to Philadelphia, which I love now. I hope to God he leaves me there the rest of my life. And, and right in the ghetto, I love it. Those are my folks. That ain't these people that I minister. They're my people, our people. They're, we're together. We're family. And, and, and God has, has done some things in my life, even though it was tough. And I want to encourage you tonight, guys. I mean, I know COVID. and I'm so sick of hearing that word. It's the greatest time to ever live as a Christian today. I'm glad that they did some stuff in the 70s. But I'm telling you, that wasn't the greatest time. It's now people are looking for something and they don't know what it is. And by the power of God, we can show them. The apostles, they got depressed. They went fishing. Jesus comes to them. Do we know the story? He, 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 he says, hey, you guys catch anything? And they, no, no, we'll cast on the right side. And they get 153 fish. He said, what's the 150? I don't know what the 153 is. I have no idea. I think some people believe if you multiply it, subtract and do some things, it will turn into 1611. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think we could probably get that done. I, I was trying to find the importance of the fish, not the numbers. I think that, that please don't ever come to my church and start telling me how numbers are like the God's coded the Bible. And, but the, the fish, I'm thinking, he just, maybe God just got the details. Just say, you know, the story, just tell him what I mean was in there. And see, was he trying to teach him to be good fishermen? Oh, no. No, he already had the fish. Remember, they come short, he's already got lunch made or breakfast made. What was he trying to teach him? Well, he pulls Peter aside, and we know this. He says, feed my sheep. They need to be fed. Feed my lambs. They need to be led. That's the key, Peter. 
When they were at Caesarea Philippi with the apostles, they, they come to this the, 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 the gates of hell. And, and maybe some of you have been to Israel. I've not been there. I really want to go sometime. And, and, and I've, I've heard there's a great place, a, a great cave, and there used to be a temple there. And boy, that makes sense to me. And I believe that. And, and, and Jesus is saying, right in the middle of all this debauchery, in Caesarea Philippi, I'm talking sexual, all kinds of crazy things are happening. The apostles must have been like, does he even know where we're at? I mean, he's got us here. And, and Jesus says, hey, listen, upon this rock, I will build my church in the middle of mayhem. Matthew chapter number 28, going into all the world. We don't think about the rest of the chapter. It's great, we're preaching on, on, on Easter, how they come to the empty grave, and that's great. But listen, them guys were running for their lives. They were scared. They, they were going places. They didn't know what was going to happen. Everybody was against them. The chief priests are paying guys large money, and different things are happening. They don't know what's going on. Jesus said, meet me at the appointed place. They come there, and, and they're like, I know Peter and John and James, they were thinking he's going to kill everybody. He's going he's to get the king. It's going to be great. And Jesus says, hey, go ye into all the world. He didn't say, hey, guys, I know it's so tough. I'm not sure what we're going to do. You know, I, this is, might get me in trouble, and that's okay. Um, I don't like the song, Hold the Fort. Sorry. And last night, me and Brother Paul got up there, and you sang something else, and I said, the power of prayer. Right there, Brother Paul. And then, of course, you got it right after that and sang, Hold the Fort. And my, my, my father-in-law was in the Navy. My dad was in the military. My father-in-law said, it's actually a military term that we have a fort. And he goes, the Alamo. And I said, the Alamo? They all died in the Alamo. <laughs> I don't like hold the fort because Jesus said he's going to build the church. Caesarea Philippi, right there after, after oh, everybody against them, chief priests, everything was going crazy. People were, uh, you know, they thought they had them and they're paying and lying and cheating. And the apostles are like, what are we going to do? And Jesus says, go ye into all the world. He didn't say, hold the fort. He didn't say, let's, let's just, 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 it's going to be okay, guys. No, he said, the answer to all the problems in the world is go ye into all the world. And what was the difference here? I mean, between Acts chapter number one and Acts chapter number nine and, and the discouragement of, of Peter going fishing and, 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 and God coming and giving them the fish and then telling them, hey, you got to get after it. We got to feed them and we got to lead them. It's important, Peter. As far as I can tell, it almost comes out of nowhere. They're all discouraged. He gives them the fish. They get to land. They realize it's him. And he says, listen, son, we got things to do. You're going to have to feed the sheep, feed the lambs. Folks, listen to me. We got, we got things to do. In the middle of mayhem. You know, the gospel works. You, we don't have to change anything to, to make it. It doesn't work any better because we, 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 we get into rock music and rap music and, and, and then start losing our, our, our 
biblical Bible standards that are taught in the word of God and stop losing the, the, the music that is ordained of God where rhythm is not the number one thing, where melody is. Uh, uh, when, we stop, when we start trying to figure out how to have more programs, and I'm not against doing nice things for kids every now and then and having a bounce house, but if that is your plan, then that's your plan. Now I won't change anybody. I live in a neighborhood that gets everything free. But they don't get it free from us. Brother Burton, do you ever go out and feed the homeless? If they come to the door and tell me they're hungry, absolutely. But I don't go out and set up big old soup lines to give away all the, the, the food. To, and you, you can do that if you want to. The only way I would do it is if I was preaching the whole time to each one of them. What would you preach? The word of God. See, Brother Weedo's my hero, but, but he didn't change my life. The milk and muscle didn't change my life. It was the word of God. It, it was me coming to church, old-fashioned, Bible-believing Baptist church. Didn't look like this. It was a metal building with a gravel parking lot in El Dorado, Arkansas, where there are 72 churches, half of them are Baptist, and big, beautiful buildings everywhere. And he's got the metal building out on the old, Cal or old highway, smack over highway. And I put, they gave me the invite. I went to church in my, my 2000 Camaro, earrings in my ears, shorts and flip-flops. And, and went there. I thought, man, I'm going to try this. And pulled up and thought, man, couldn't I have went to a better one? <laughs> and really tried to leave, but couldn't. So why couldn't you? Holy Spirit. God was looking for me. And he was using men and women to get me with the word of God and prayer. Went in there and got saved. He didn't preach hell. He preached Psalm 23, a beautiful message. But he said, if you're a sheep without a shepherd, the wolves will get you. And I realized that day, I, I, I don't have a shepherd. And I raised my hand and I said, I want what you've got. I've come down. He said, what you come for? I said, I, I want to get saved. But you never even heard that you had to be saved in my life. Never been to a church in my life. Well, you sure it wasn't Jake and the, the beautiful tin building with the dirt and, and the wonderful music. Paul was the song leader. And, 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 and that was an insult. Paul is a great song leader. He's our song leader. <laughs> he said, well, you sure it wasn't like all this stuff. You sure... You know, you, you sure the pastor didn't have to like, like, like look like everybody else and not like a man of God. The priest's garments were consecrated. I like that part. I want to dress my best. My wife dressed me. My wife always dresses me. <laughs> and I like it. I want to look good for the Lord. And, and so when I went there... There were no bells and whistles. And, and, and he didn't tell me a bunch of jokes. He didn't, he didn't say, I want everybody to feel real good. Hey, let, let's go ahead and let's do this and let's do that. 
He said, open your Bible to Psalm 23. Well, it just so happens a lady had given me a Bible at a furniture store I worked at during the day. Her husband gave me a Bible, and it was a King James Bible. And guess where the little, little tassels were when I opened it up for the first time in my life, Brother Davison? Psalm 23. And then he preached it. And, of course, I was familiar with Psalm 23 because everybody in America is familiar with Psalm 23. And... He preached and he didn't, he didn't like do anything crazy. He didn't, uh, he didn't, like we didn't, I didn't get to jump in a bounce house. Um, he didn't have any food that day, although we're really good at eating food. So don't, we do eat a lot of food at Bible Baptist Church, believe me. But the word of God got preached and I, and I was in awe. I remember holding the pew, Brothers Davison. I mean, listen. I'm an old drug addict. I burned a lot of brain cells up. I'm not happy about that. And, and most of you, I know all of your faces. I have no idea any of your names. <laughs> I, I hate that. I think, man, they all know my name, but I don't know anybody's name. I know Brother Davison, and I know Brother Gaddis, and I may know a few of you others. But <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't have a chance. But the Holy Spirit of God worked on me in that service, Brother Davison, and worked on me at my house when they gave the track to me. When they came back the last time, the track was a coaster for my 24-ounce can of beer. And I still have that track, one of Bald Eagle trifold tracks. I still have it. It's got a little ring in it, and, and it's a blessing. And, and, and boy, I tell you, they, they, just, they just knocked doors. They didn't say, hey, Brother Burton, we'd love for you to come. We're going to have a monster truck jump the church and kill a bunch of animals. <laughs> Because you know what? I would have came the first day if they said that. <laughs> I'm not against the monster truck. I've no man that had a monster truck. It's great, great. I'd love to have one there in Philly, but they'll probably steal it, so don't bring it. <laughs> but God started moving in that service. Sat on the second, the third to last row in the back. Man, Jake sat next to me, and, and he was happy they had a visitor, and, and, and I'm holding that pew, and he bowed my eye at my head, and, and I thought, man, this is it. 31 years old, you know, when you're 31 without Christ, you know something's missing. You just think it's a job, a woman, drugs. This is all things I thought, fame, fortune, uh, just a bunch of stuff. And boy, and they knocked on my door with no bells and whistles. And then I went to church. Can you imagine you just go to church after getting your door knocked? I mean, that's what Jesus did with them in uh, Matthew chapter number 10. Just go, go door to door. It says door to door still work. Well, man, I hope that you still go door to door. He said, well, it's really hard where we're at. We like mail outs. Well, I don't know how you can afford a mail out. Go door to door. And, and, and I went to church and God did something. What was the difference? Well, let me show you what I believe the difference was. Turn back to Acts chapter number one. That was way too long of an introduction, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> My folks, I'll tell them it's going to be a very short message. We're not going to be here long, and they laugh. I'm like, stop it. We all know it. Who's Theophilus? Don't know. But I know what happened in the book of Acts, and it's wonderful. What was the difference? Well, the same difference that you can take home with you tonight. Yep. 
And if you do not take it home, nothing's going to happen. So, but if I get a bunch of bells and whistles, I can get a bunch of people. Does that mean anything happened? Doesn't mean anything happened. That means you got a bunch of people. Man, I, I could go gather a bunch of people. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. You may have to look at it. We all know it. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above. I, I love that because... I'm no English major. I'm really not really well-versed in a lot of stuff, but why did he have all three of those in a row? Exceeding, abundant, abundantly, above. <laughs> That's awesome. He just, just like loads up on it. Exceeding, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. What's that power? It's the Holy Spirit. You're not going to do nothing else without that. You can build buildings. You can get a bunch of followers in a worldly church. And a bunch of folks that really, you know, they'll worship. And, or what we, they, they call worship. And, and boy, they'll be there. And it'll be fun. And you'll laugh. And you'll have a great time. And, and all that. But that is not a local New Testament Baptist church. Which is the church of the Bible. And... Where's the power at, guys? Why is nothing happening, Brother Davison? It seems like nothing's happening. It seems, well, Brother Davison's message is great. I'm going to go home and kill everybody when I preach next at my church. I'm just going to tell them everything that's wrong with them right away. No, I, I, I'm kidding, but we do need to stick with the Bible because that's where the power is. Hey, we're trying all kinds of stuff. A lot of us came here for encouragement. I was one of them. And I got it. But it wasn't a message, although the message helped. It was God's power. You're not going to be able to do anything without God's power. We're, we're looking for everything to make it happen, and it's God's power that does it. And, and that has been the overwhelmingly uh, uh, overwhelming theme of the conference, the power of God. Now, God does use people, and he takes a man to do it. I went to Philadelphia, and praise the Lord, I'm glad I got to go. But it's the power of God that will do it. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you, shall receive power and be witnesses unto me. You're going to be a witness. A witness of what? A witness of what Jesus did for you. What he can do for you. Well, we don't want to offend them at the door, so we call them invites. Well, I'm not, I have no problem against an invite. You, you probably have them in the back. Probably says you're invited to Southwest Baptist Church. That's great. We don't have anything called invites. We try to tell everybody how lost they are as quick as we can and how empty they are without God on that card. And that card is just an opener to get us to talk to them about the Lord. Because we're, we're trying to quote verses and have the power of God. And, and I'm not saying I do it all right because I've not had the power many times. And I preach messages where people say he was on fire and God wasn't nowhere near my message. 
But if we're going to do anything, if you're going to do anything, it ain't going to be wrapped up in a program. It ain't going to be wrapped up in the giveaways. It ain't going to be wrapped up in paint jobs. And, and listen, we need Pam. Our church looks beautiful all the time. I, I've lost visitors who walk in with orange juices. And I'm like, I am so sorry, but you cannot come in here with that. What? And I'm like, yeah. And they've walked out. He said, you're willing to lose people over the carpet? Yeah. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just me. Pray for me. I'm really messed up. Pray for Brother Paul. He has to put up with me. Usually I'm like, go tell that person they can't do it. I, I can't be the bad guy, Brother Paul. I'm about to preach. You go tell them. Hey, people come in. And what's going to change Liberty Baptist? Our, our theme this year, this is, this is a miraculous theme. You're, you've probably never heard it. It's called Cast the Net. But it's, it's like... It's mind-blowing to me this year, Brother Davidson, because I'm like, that's what we got to do this year. We've got to win people to Christ. Not in my smooth delivery. Not with a, a, a special gimmick. Not with a, and we have gifts for people when they visit our church, all that stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, we have a nice place. First class. But we got to win them with the power. And what's lacking right now is the power of God. Not, not the power of God himself, but the power of God in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, Brother Burton? Because he didn't take us rapturous yet, so he's still got people to save. And if you're not seeing nobody saved, and you're not seeing anything happen, it's not because God is messed up and forgotten or, or taking a break. It's because you don't have the power. Boy, it's encouraging because... What we can do is get the power. He says, exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. And then, not only the power, but this is mind-blowing. I've got them literated, so you're going to love this. Verse 14, these all continue to one accord in prayer. How long did it take you to literate it? They didn't. They're, they're, they already began with peas. It was awesome. <laughs> if you hear anything literated from me, I stole it. So anyways. <laughs> so you mean we can pray and we can get the power? It's right there in the first chapter of the best book in that Bible with all the power and the prayer. You say, well, Brother Burton, I... Let me tell you why people don't pray. Because they believe that they can't and they don't have the strength. They don't have the, the fortitude. They don't have the desire. And they don't have the, 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 the they, 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 they've been away from God. Can I tell you that none of those things can keep you from prayer? My son and he's 14 and six foot, 220 pounds now. And, and I forget he's 14. But he's doing great. But sometimes I'll get on him kind of hard and, and he'll think he can't talk to me. But he can always talk to me. And I'll say, Dale, you're all right. Yeah, I'm fine, Dad. I said, buddy, you know, you can talk to me. And you think I'm a better dad than God? 
No, we can just, we can just stop trying to do it in our own power. So I don't have the power to get down and pray for 15 minutes or five minutes. I don't have the desire sometimes. I'll just say what I was going to say often. But you know, God's just waiting. And if we got down in this place tonight and the Holy Ghost came in and met with people and we started praying, I told you it was brown beans and cornbread. But God's not it wrapped it up in a puzzle. The power comes in the prayer. Nehemiah, we, we know the story. Nehemiah chapter number two, he, he gets a burden. He starts praying. He's begging God to do something. He goes to the king and he could die because he's not looked sad in his, in his presence before. And the king says, for what dost thou make request, Nehemiah? And I love it. So I prayed to the God of heaven. I'm just telling you, I don't. When's the last time you prayed to the God of heaven? Talk to him. Not in your power, not in your strength. Just, just casting yourself at his feet saying, Lord, he won't turn you away. Ezra called him the God of heaven. Abraham called him the God of heaven. Daniel called him the God of heaven. Those are some pretty good folks to recognize that. Jonah called him the God of heaven. Hey, when's the last time you really talked to the Lord about what God wants you to do? We're not just talking about church planting here, we're talking about our families. Everything, $800,000 is chump change for God. I can't believe he's asking for $800,000. I think we ought to just get him a tent because God's broke and he doesn't answer our prayers. No, no. Why don't we just, I mean, I believe God's going to do it for the man. And, and I don't believe Brother Scott's this super-duper Christian either. I don't believe he's a super-duper Christian or him. And, and maybe some of the older folks, I think, hope when I get older, I am a better Christian. Uh, but and I didn't include you in the older folks, by the way. Uh, but I'll tell you this, I'm glad that I, I'm glad God called me to be a pastor. God called me to start 20 churches. See, that's impossible it is. I don't know how we start. How are you going to do two churches? I don't know how I do one. What are you going to preach? I don't know. How are you going to do it? Don't know. Started coming up with a good plan this week. But I'll tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to get on the floor. I'm going to beg God to do something mighty like he's done for years. Hey, guys, ladies. The answer to all our problems is the power of God and prayer. I got really, I'm getting ready to start this church and 
Brother Davidson, I started backtracking a little bit and uh, the, all the water's on, the gas. We've been waiting for a long time for all this stuff to get plugged in and put together. We bought brick walls, literally brick walls. We had to joist it, floor it. Some of you guys from Heartland came out there and helped us with it. We, we've had to do everything and it, it, it's awesome now. You come in there now, you're like, Brother Gates, this is awesome. You are awesome. Now, now there's a lot of tears in between that and wanting to give up and, and wanting to, and literally, Brother Davidson, I, I would rehearse. Hey, you know what? God's kind of leading me a different direction. I'm not really going to start that second church. We're going to concentrate on liberty. It's going well. And I thought, man, they, nobody can argue if I say God says it. <laughs> I'm not messing with you now. <laughs> and so this, we're getting ready to start and Winter time in Philadelphia is not the best time to start a church. And I started thinking, you know, you talk to some of these younger guys. And if, if you're one of these younger guys, I'm, I'm talking to you and talking about you. So that's fine. <laughs> Brother, go with a soft start. Just maybe, maybe just do a little something here and then wait till this, the winter gets past the spring where you can go out and knock more doors. And, and you'll be able to do this and that and this and that and. And I talked to a preacher, Todd Bell, called Todd Bell. God gave me Todd Bell in my mind one day. I said, Lord, I need somebody that's done this. And I, and I thought, Maine? Man, it's got to be hard to start a church in Maine in the winter. And it's always winter in Maine. <laughs> called him up, Brother Bell. And I've talked, known Brother Bell for years and met him a few times, preached with him a few times. And, and then, of course, he's, he's always serious. He, he preached to me through the whole thing. But uh, he told me, read John chapter number six, Burton. Guys, we're going to feed all these people. Philip says, well, we ain't got but 200 penny worth. The Bible says Jesus said that to him to try him because he knew what he was going to do. Peter's trying to, or Philip's trying to figure it all out. And God gave me that because you know what? We're going to stop. It's probably the night before our church start, it's probably going to be a blizzard. No, it's going to happen. It's just the way it happens for me. But we're going to start that thing in the middle of winter because you know why? That puts it all on God and not on me. I didn't want to. I was starting to say, you know, and, and listen, if I, I could convince anybody in here, they'd be better to wait. You know, we're going to wait because of the snow and da, da, da. And you'd be like, yeah, that's probably a good idea, Brother Gates. Yeah, yeah. You might talk about me behind my back, but not in front of me. <laughs> God says, you know what? I'm the God of heaven. And I'll get more glory using that old drug addict. By just allowing him to pray for my power. And for the people in Liberty Baptist Church, they, they please don't tell them that God doesn't do miracles because they believe me. And they believe the word and they've seen it in their lives. <laughs> and they're, they're thrilled to death. I'm giving away all the money. They, they love it. So we're just going to start it right in the middle. And say, Lord, it's all you. And you know what God said after I got through all that? He said, Burton, it's always just been me. It's never been you. See, my problem is that sometimes I believe you. You say, well, I, 
I'm not like that. Well, I am. I, I, get, I get sometimes thinking, you know, I got something going on. And, but I'm so thankful that he gets to me, Brother Davison, and says, it's never been about you, Burton. Me and Brother Paul talk often. God's done so much in that city, Brother Davison, without us even doing anything. I mean, not even being right with God often. And God blows in and turns the place upside down. And, and we're like, huh. and my church pastor, you're a great pastor. And people, oh, Brother Burton, your church plan, it's awesome. No, it's just always been God. And I keep getting back to prayer. And I've, I've been, keep getting back for 19 years. I've been keep getting, I, I keep getting out, coming to my mind and saying, you know, what am I doing? Got to get back on my face and beg God to do something. And just recently, Brother Davison, I was listening to an Andrew Murray book on prayer. And he just said, why don't you just cast your feet, your, yourself to the feet of God? Something like that. And uh, don't do it in your strength because you can't do it. And he'll be there to do it. Everybody's not going to have, guys, you're not going to have this quick. If you have this in like a year, it's not a church. Unless you've been praying and get the power of God. That was the difference between Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 9. Because you read it and they prayed. And they prayed. And often they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. You want anything to happen in your life? It ain't going to be the $25,000 you just got. That's right. I'm glad you got it, and it's a blessing. And I'm going to present right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm glad you got it. And that is unbelievable. That, that's the power of God and, and men and women praying and trusting the Lord. And hard work from churches back home, people sacrificing and giving for you. Don't take that thing lightly and just frivolously spend that. No, no, that was people saying, I believe God. But that ain't going to do it. The nice church van ain't going to do it. The, the beautiful pulpit ain't going to do it. The sound system ain't going to do it. It's going to be God and God alone. And it will work really well if you get his power through prayer. That's the difference. And I, I wanted to be an encouragement to you because that's a joke on TV. It's a joke. Why don't we just go ye into all the world? There was a joke in Matthew 28. It was a joke at Caesarea Philippi. It was a joke in Acts chapter number one. They didn't like them. Nobody wanted them. So well, nobody wants us to do anything. The people don't want Christ no more. America's gone. And, yeah, we're not promised America. I hope we keep it for a little bit, but I'm not promised it. But the plan has always been the same. Get the power. Get on your face and pray. If we'll do that, God has no choice but to show himself real in our life. 
And it may not be in big numbers. If you're getting, if you're down on your face praying and power and God's all over you and you're seeing just a handful saved every now and then, that's great. But we got to get the power. We got to pray. If we don't do it, uh, we're just a bunch of dressed up people that are fakes. I mean, the song service sounded great. Everything's awesome. But we've got to get down on our face and pray to get the power of God and ask God to do something. Father, we love you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for being good to us, Lord. God, thank you for speaking to my heart, Lord. I need that, Lord. I need prayer. I need to throw myself at your feet. I'd love to see your power, Lord. My personality is not the most important thing in the church. Your presence. And so, Father, I pray that each man and woman and the Holy Spirit of God would get a hold of every one of us in this room tonight. And we would ultimately just throw ourselves at your feet and beg you to be God, understanding the calling that is upon our lives whether it be the calling of starting a church, the calling of raising a family, the calling of anything that you've asked us to do. Well, we need your power, Father. I pray that you bless the invitation now in Jesus' name.